Hello, hello friends, welcome back. I took a little break because you also have to take a break from things you love, especially for those. Um, I was on vacation. There are some episodes coming about my trip, my journey to Poland, Portugal, for sure. But today, a treat, we have not, I have not had a guest for a while. And I'm so excited to um, talk today. Um, we recorded it a while ago, but um, finally I'm able to publish my conversation about astrology with uh, Glenn Girlando. He is, um, uh, he has a master in, astrolo- uh, in uh, psychology. But he's a passionate astrologer and breathwork facilitator. And we talk about astrology and how it fits in our present life, um, how we can use it. Um, Glenn shared his story, how he <coughs> started with astrology, how uh, become interested in it and, and how it helped him to be a better parent, etc. So um, really great conversation. Um, and I hope to have Glenn back for part two when we are going to talk about breath work, neurodynamic breath work, um, super interesting um, modality, healing growth, expansion modality. Um, so for now, Glenn Girlando, um, uh, talk our conversation about astrology. Enjoy. Psychology. I'm just going to start recording and you will have to Glenn introduce yourself because masters in psychology. Uh, welcome yeah, everybody, Glenn. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, Glenn, you will have to introduce yourself here because uh, there's just too much of your achievement. I can't, I can't, I would have to spend half day here. Uh, well, you know, I was just sharing that I, I attained a master's degree in psychology uh-huh. with a focus in transformational education. Essentially, how do you create experiences for specifically more for adults that address not just the mental and the emo- and physical, but also the emotional and the spiritual. So I did, a, mm-hmm. I did, I actually found a school that let me do a, some studies in, in exploring spirituality in education. And, um, and I had a, a real, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, putting, having, doing a master's program that I put together on my own. Uh, That's fascinating. So, yeah. You put your own master program together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Antioch University in Seattle let me do that, so. Amazing. And you are also um, an astrologer. Is that your side passion? Because this is what we are going to talk about uh, yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to it's hard to separate breathwork and astrology for me are my two big passions. Um, breathwork, I facilitate breathwork. And in astrology, I've been interested in astrology since I was 19. Mm-hmm. And um and I've been practicing it as a as an astrologer for about twenty years. So, uh, so yeah, those are my two big, my, those are my two favorite things because uh, the my the thing for me that I most enjoy doing is uh-huh. I'm not into the superficial side of life. I if I meet somebody, I don't want to talk about the weather, what kind of car they drive. I want to. I love that one poem that says. What do you dream? What do you think about in the dark of night when you've been sleep when you can't sleep and it's four in the morning? Like I'm more into what's what's real. What's your deepest soul truth? And I prefer to connect to that level. And for me, breathwork is an amazing tool that helps people access that level. And I like uh-huh. to support people with that. And astrology is another tool that act. It's like what I like to tell people when I do an astrology reading is. Let's just sit down and and have a, a, a relaxed conversation about your soul's journey through the world, through the language of the archetypes in astrology, through the planets, and like that. Now that those are the kind of things that make me excited and get me into it. So. <laughs> and you are even smiling. Okay, I just uh, thought uh, I didn't fully introduce you. Uh, uh, introduce you. Glenn, I'm trying to. I'm. I'll try to do it in Italian. Gerlando. Is it? No. Pretty good. Yeah. Glenn Girlando. Okay, so 
master in uh, psychology uh, and then passionate astrologer and breathwork facilitator. And those are, we will do, I will do two parts with you because there's no way we can combine and talk about astrology and, and breathwork in one. We were just talking about it. So let's just focus on astrology. I am uh, not new. I, I always was drawn to it, but just lately really di- dove deep. And I'm very, very interested in it. And that's how kind of our conversation uh, started b- besides the breathwork. So how did you start? You said you were 19. And it's just like a book on your desk and, and how, the, how the journey started with astrology. Well, actually, since we're going back that far, I actually have to go back even further. Oh, wow. Uh, um, when I was, this was, I don't, this is something I haven't, haven't said out loud. I'm not sure to many people in my life, but when I was like 10, yeah. 11, 12, 13, somewhere in that area, I used to spend a lot of time at my local library. Uh-huh. And way in the back of the library, there was a section on like metaphysical stuff. And I have no idea how I ended up back there, but some somehow I ended up back there one day and there was a lot of times there was like nobody in that section. And, and there was this big red book mm-hmm. that caught my eye. And it was, I, I'll never forget, it was, it's, it's still out there. You can still buy it. It's called Linda Goodman's Sun Signs. And it was just this book about all the 12 sun signs in, in relationship, like yeah, uh, what is a man who's a Taurus like? What's a woman who's a Taurus like? And then what's a man wh- when they connect to others like? And for whatever reason, I would I would just get fast. I read the thing, I'm a Libra. Mm-hmm. I read the thing on Libra and whatever, however old I was, I was just like, wow, it's, it felt, something felt right about it. She was a really good writer. So I don't think I shared that with many people. I was like my secret thing in the back of the library. But um, but I later then had my first astrology reading when I was about 19. And, and that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really turned me on, like, like lit the fire that was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I need to get more into this. Uh, there's this... My, I have two favorite astrologers of all time. And the first is Stephen Forrest. And his intro book, I've probably recommended it or given it away about Mm -hmm. 50 times in my life because I always buy it and I always end up giving it away. But um, I was reading this book that had been recommended to me. It's called The Inner Sky. It's his intro book. And at the beginning of the book, he, he shows a sample birth chart. And that sample birth chart, and he uses that to refer to to teach all through the the book. Well, that that birth chart, it had the same sun as me in the same house, in the same sign, the same moon moon in the same sign, in the same house. Rising was the same, my ascendant. It had Venus and Virgo in the same house as mine. And I just, and here he was, one of the most amazing writers. I didn't know at the time, but he's to my to this day, I think he's the greatest astrology writer that exists. And and he so he's referring to all these things throughout the book. But on the final chapter, he does a full like 18-page summary of the whole birth chart from beginning to end. In the first eight pages of this reading were my chart. It was like this the most amazing writer on the planet gave me an eight-page summary of my chart. And and it I kid you not, I had profound shivers in my body and goosebumps when I read it because I just knew he was putting some things into words that I could never have put into words myself at that time. Mm -hmm. It it really rocked me a little bit like, whoa, and that particular, okay, so. That's crazy. It's also that particular birth chart that he wrote about. It's actually John Lennon's chart, but he he doesn't tell you that to the last sentence in the whole book. Oh my so, gosh! So it, it's not a coincidence. John Lennon was always one of my favorite people. Like I had a really, I actually had a very profound spiritual awakening when I was nineteen, and I was listening to John Lennon during the during this this one night where something really broke through. And like I've always had a deep connection with John Lennon. So, anyways, for whatever it's worth, I that was my first profound 
wow, I, I've got to look deeper into this. And I mean, I could tell you so many other stories, but that was from that there. Like, for me, that seems like a sign, like almost like a, like a really like, you know, like you have the signs turn left on the uh, road or like this is whatever, Chicago, turn left. This is like for you, like astrology. Because how is that even like you open a book and there's a there's your, you know, so many details of your chart. Um, so well, accurate tell me from that reading is there's anything that stood out from like obviously that there was like oh my god this is so me or like this is so now I get it like you know there's actually one sentence that I think I still have in my heart from memory still to this day um and it's something about um this in John Lennon's chart he has five planets in the house of work, day-to-day -day work and service, mm -hmm. including the planet Venus, which rules intimacy and mm -hmm. intimate, commit, intimate committed partnerships. And, but it also, without going into all the details, that he, at one point, Stephen Forrest, in interpreting this, he says, it's not the normal human condition, but the longer, the deeper we get into this chart, the more it becomes clear that this person, for this person, there's a radical emotional intensification of their work life and their, their work and their love life are probably always going to be connected. Um, you know, and so you think John Lennon, Yoko Ono, well, right. um, and just something about time that, like, like I think he even said something like, for, for this person, he doesn't even, he's not even interested in making friends with people that aren't part of his passion, his passionate work. Um, and that's just always resonated. I just don't have energy or time to spend. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't mean to be, but I just, something in my soul just is called, it, it, there's an urgency in this life to, to go deeper into in into what I'm here to do in the world, and so it's always resonated for me, and and all my relationships have been connected and with to my work and everything. So yeah, I could go again. That's like a simple nutshell version. Nice, nice. Okay, so then you started reading about it and learning more. And did you are you more like a self taught or did you? Uh, mm, you know, did you learn from somebody else or how? Yeah, I'm mainly I'm self-taught with except for I've I've attended a lot of astrology conferences and attended a lot of talks. Um, Stephen Forrest, I got I have every one of his books mm -hmm. and I've every time he's ever come to town, I go and see him. And um, and so he's been a huge my biggest influence. The, my, but in Stephen Forrest is one of the two astrologers who founded the something the area called evolutionary astrology. Mm -hmm. um, I could say more about that in a few minutes, but but then not, but there's another astrologer that blew me out of the water, and that's the astrologer who's very close friends with Dr. Stanislav Groff, who's my breathwork mentor, mm -hmm. and Richard Tarnas. And Richard Tarnas founded a whole unique school of astrology called archetypal astrology based on his work with Stan Groff. And, um, and I actually, because of my work in the breathwork community with Stan Groff, I've gotten to know uh, a lot of the astrologers that are deeply connected with Tarnas. And I actually lived in the Bay area for, for one year and I was immersed in that community. So I, so I, I feel like I'm steeped in the archetypal and the, and the, um, those are my two big, areas, but mostly self-taught. I don't, I mean, I, I think I'm a little unique in astrologers that I know I've, a lot of astrologers seem to like track everything before it happens. And, oh, I don't want to go out today. The It's going to be, there's a lot of, uh, it's not a good day for me astrologically or whatever. The weather's not good for me astrologically, but I don't look at it that way. I've never used it that way. For me, I'm most interested in astrology is a tool to help us understand our soul's purpose mm -hmm. and our and our soul's deepest challenges and our gifts and mm -hmm. how do we 
bring that into the world and also to understand how really the, the flow one of the biggest things that i've learned from astrology is that everything life is all about cycles mm -hmm. that i and from on, on the most smallest level there's the moon cycle where every 28 days yeah. the moon touches every part of your whole chart the moon rules are emotional self so by what that suggests is that when it by touching every part of your chart you go through the full emotional array of experiences every 28 days mm -hmm. um, but then there's also on the other extreme there's pluto transits which lasts 248 years and those those are such in pluto rules like deep shadow work intense looking deep inside ourselves to heal our old wounds and those transits we only we only get a third of them in our entire lifetime so they're once in a lifetime and they tend to be very long and very deep and there's everything in between the saturn cycle 29 years and it's astrology has really awakened me to just to to pay attention to the different like in in each cycle it it calls us to to respond in a certain way like it's sort of leading us if we pay attention and, and by knowing the cycles that you're in, you can make higher, make more conscious choices about le like swimming with the tide instead of trying to swim against it all the time. Yeah. So that's and like allowing way. your kind of like allowing your soul to grow. Soul Precisely. To grow. Yeah. Yeah. Instead I, of like fighting it or stopping it or like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, and so I've learned astrology mainly over the years, just to complete your question, just through teaching myself, looking at my own chart. Always, I'm always fascinated to look at the charts of the people I love and that I'm close to, and I track those. And and actually, the one other area of astrology that I'm really one of my favorite areas really is relational astrology, is how oh. how two charts connect to each other. It's like it's it's this if if your chart is a map of your highest soul potential and your greatest gifts and your deepest shadow and challenges the chart of two people is how does all that link up with the other person so that where do you synergize well together where do you where are you going to have as i like to just say opportunities for growth <laughs> say gently <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly so it, i think it's relational astrology is really powerful too Mm -hmm. so, so I've just taught me, yeah, I've just over the years just taught myself through through diving in deep. And I almost feel like I um I read one book and I like it's it just stuck with me. One of the books I read. I, I'm reading now more to like learn about you know details around planet and, and signs and and then tackle all of that because I read this one line and I don't remember who said it, but it's like just look at the chart and see what comes up for you if you uh, after you get the basics, you know, because that's how you apparently develop your style and and understanding and intuition, astrological intuition or style even. Because I see now when I'm like reading different people, it's just so interesting that like the core is the same, but uh, the interpretation, the approach, like even the two um, types you have mentioned, there's many more, but um, I would love you to go more in that, um, what, what those types are, the, the art, architect, uh, what is it, the, uh, Arch the archetypes, yeah, um, and evolutionary, but it's just so interesting that people have just like almost, it's like a painter, you know, like they have a different, there's a canvas, there are colors, there are, you know, pencil, but everybody has a different style, uh, which is fascinating. So I think it's great, like, you know, being self-taught because that allows you to, like, you don't have these techniques from others uh, uh, shadowing anything. You just have your own intuitive um, way. But tell us about those two types of astrology that um, that um, it seems like uh, kind of influence you or you you also operate within, right? Yeah. Well, so Stephen, for evolutionary astrology is my first and biggest influence, and in that basically, okay, what I've loved about this model of astrology, old school astrology, like yeah. all the traditional stuff, it was based on more of a fatalism you are a virgo sorry tough luck you're you're gonna you're you're over worry and you're over perfectionist 
you, uh, or, you know, oh, you're a Gemini, sorry, you're too chatty. You know, like it's kind of in, the language was more disempowering. So I like to think of the astrology that I practice as the astrology of empowerment because it, it, the, the astrology does, the, the, your chart does tell you where your challenges are going to be, but how you respond to that, you have free will in your choice in how you respond to it. And so um, in evolutionary astrology, this is the way that I've come to think about it. Um, every single thing in the chart has a higher expression and a lower expression. Mm -hmm. And the lower expression, that's more the fatal side of it. If you live a life of, if you watch TV every night of your life and hate your job and never grow and expand and you're living a very unconscious life, you will be on the side of the, the, the challenging, the fatalism, like, like astrology is going to tell you, like if you're a Virgo, you're going to be more likely to be highly over perfectionistic. Yeah. If you're Gemini, your dark side would be that, that this over perfectionism, right? Yeah. This is being aware of it and understanding, okay, this is something that I tend to do. Let's be aware of it and control it in some level or, or be aware of it. Let's That's say a, that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a continuum. And, and the beautiful thing for me is the more we become self-aware, the more mm -hmm. we move up the continuum towards the higher expression of these things. So it's like a map of the territory to which our, our soul is being called and what's our ultimate purpose here. And, and it, yeah, and then as we, as we become more conscious, more self-aware, as Socrates said, knowing ourselves in deeper ways, then we have our choice goes up, you know? So it's like, it, so yeah, it's, it's every person's individual. Um, mm -hmm. And so, so the evolutionary astrology kind of looks at it that way. It's about the evolution of your soul towards higher consciousness, towards, uh moving towards unity awareness and you know like getting letting go of the the judgment judgment and blame moving mm -hmm. more towards uh you know I, the empowerment of, that i have a purpose in the world i'm i fit perfectly and mm -hmm. and and when you the more for me the more i have grown and become more connected to my purpose the more I just feel inextricably interconnected to something much bigger in life too. So mm -hmm. that, so that's the, that's evolutionary astrology in, in a real nutshell. That's how I think about it. Um, archetypal astrology, it's more, so <laughs> Tarnas, uh, he, he spent 30 or 40 years writing a book called Psyche and Cosmos that was only published in 2010. And he's a historian by background. He, he studied oh history. My God. And so basically when he started getting to astrology in the seventies, he immediately, and he started, he was a skeptic at first, but once he started getting into it, he started getting very interested in looking at history through the lens of astrology. And he, he literally spent 40 years writing this book, studying the cycles of astrology through history in, in Western civilization. So for example, Pluto and Uranus, yeah, they line up only like Pluto takes 248 years ago all around the sun. Uranus takes 84 years. So, and so the amount of times that they line up in a conjunction, Mm -hmm. I don't remember the exact specific years, but it's somewhere like 100, every 160 years it might happen. Aren't they coming together like in November or something? Well, they well they conjuncted the they were exact in in the 60s. Okay. Like and I thought they are coming together again. But they yeah. but there's they they may you know I have to again this is where I don't I don't always follow things ahead of time I I kind of I I could double check that even while we're on the, on this call but um, yeah. But there, yeah, you, I think it, well, basically, in the, they did come together, I think, in the last five to seven years. But see, when they come together, they stay there for about eight years, eight, nine years. Oh, got it. Because it's, they move so slowly. So that's why, like, so Tarnas looked up every single time in history that Pluto and Uranus were conjunct. And he, and like, oh, my goodness. So what happens when the archetype Pluto... Yeah which is the Hades, the ruler of the underworld, the shadow, the things we're afraid to face, the things that are hidden deep within us. What happens when that art planet lines up with the planet of revolution, Uranus, awakening, breakthrough, 
So you get breakthrough of the shadow. And what happened in the 60s? Uh, all these things that if you had talked about it in the 1950s, women's rights, civil rights, sexual mm -hmm. revolution, like things that were so like shadow coming up, coming up. up. Yeah, not just coming up, but bam, like yeah. suddenly breaking through. That's Uranus and Pluto. So so like Antarnas traced that back for thousands of years. It, the book's amazing. And so his 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 work is based on I, one of the biggest things I got from archetypal is is just to trust the planets like the archetypes in fact i don't you you're involved with breathwork and this might not mean uh, this would be too much to get into detail but i'll just tell you this in in recently in one of your in one of the classes we read something about the four birth matrices that stan groff has put up yeah there. i yeah i remember well, that well the four four of the outer planets correlate to the four birth processes it's very intriguing and no way yeah no but very powerfully actually um so that's a whole other story. I mean, we could go there if you want, but um, it's uh, so the I guess the big thing I've gotten from him is just, you know, there's in astrology, you have the planets, which represent who parts of ourself or parts of our psyche. You have the mm -hmm. signs, which represent our style. Like if you have a Mercury, your rules the mind. If it's in Gemini, then it's its style is to be very talkative and communicative and curious i think that's me <laughs> oh Jim, yeah well it wouldn't surprise me based on what i know of you yeah we should look at your charts at some point yeah i would love to if you like if we have a minute like just like if you can take a, one thing of my chart that pops up for you yeah um, yeah i'd be happy but to that, yeah 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 for sure and but then there's also the houses which tell, tell where in your life is something going to show up and and then there's also aspects like and basically in archetypal astrology it just simplifies it focus on the planets and i don't like they really are the building blocks of the essence of the whole chart and there's more to it than that but um but for me whatever the combination of the two of them has just really uh really been a winning combination yeah so how do you think because we were talking about it like how fascinating it is that it's just you know thousands and thousands of years and we still are looking at the planets and and using astrology and evolving it but still like it's just still exists and, and and people are you know generation after generations are getting fascinated and 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 carry the the knowledge how do you see like what was from your perspective the most applicable use of astrology these days, like even even personal, because we were talking like when we initially talk about astrology, right? We were talking about our kids, like how you discovered something about your son and Uranus and help you understand him so much better, and that improved your relationship. Which basically happened the same thing to me and my uh, daughters, especially older one who is has a lot of Leo and a lot of fire overall in her chart. And she is just so on the run and so on the move and like talkative and leading and this and that. And I was like, at, at one point I was like, that she has like HDHD or something. Like, should I go to the doctor? And and the minute I read that, that she just had so much fire and so much energy, like it wasn't even like become a question and it become like, you know, like when you don't dwell on something and look at your kid like oh my god is something wrong like the relationship is totally different because i accepted her right and accepted. Like, right and i accepted that and i even told her that and she now she tells me like i'm a leo i have so much energy mom like i told her and i get it back so what what are other i think this is amazing just to understand ourselves right the basic one but what are your thoughts on that what is the you know the the most not most important but the important for you or uh overall application of astrology these days well um i i think the biggest besides the fact that it it really has put me in touch with the fact that there's cycles of life um everything is a cycle you know there that's but besides that the other greatest application for me is it just helps us come to come to peace with ourselves in deeper new ways. Um, 
I have a great, a good example. I told you the one about my son. I'm happy to share that again too, but. Yes, that would be awesome. But, but, but there's this other example, I think that's even also fantastic to, like, to help illustrate this. When I was, um, so when I was like younger, you know, when like a young kid, I, I dated a lot of girls and, and I, I was kind of like a little bit of a heartbreaker. Like I would, I was not good at emotionally closing and I, and then all this, but then all of a sudden when I was, when I around 22, I met the girl of my dreams. That's why, <laughs> so I thought, and I, I just kind of fell hell, head over heels in love. And, and we dated for two years uh-huh. and I just thought this is, this is what I want to be with at 22. Um, but after two years, she broke up with me. And the reason she told she gave me about why she was breaking up was because I was too intense. <laughs> I, I I was always trying to go deep and understand everything. And can I just relax sometimes? And and I just <laughs> and so I was devastated. Like I, after when it happened, I just I remember just thinking, oh my God, she's right. There's <laughs> something there's something wrong with me. Why am I so intense? I have to fix this. And I spent a couple of years in my middle twenties, just like feeling like I was, there was something wrong with me and what am I going to do? Well, a couple of years later, fast forward, I, I just happened to walk. I went into some cafe just to do some work and it was the afternoon and there wasn't a lot of people in there and they had an astrologer who was just sitting behind the counter, just offering readings and there was nobody else around. And at some point we made eye contact. He's like, you want a reading? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I go over to her and she runs my chart and she pulls it up and she looks, she's like, oh, you've got a Pluto-Venus conjunction. You don't do superficial relationships, do you? Oh, no. And I was like, no, I don't. You're exactly right. And it was like, she's like, yeah, Pluto-Venus, all relationships for your deep growth, transformational deep fodder for, for self-awareness and, and growing and healing. And I was like, yes. And all of a sudden, my two years of angst just went away in a flash. Like, oh my God, it's just like, that's how I'm wired. And if she didn't like that, then it's better that we didn't end up together. So that's one example. And then you want me, I could also, t- if you want, I could tell this one about my son too or not. Yes. Can you just give me one second? I'll just yeah, check yeah, one sure. thing here. Yep. I don't want us to break up. Yeah, but you can please continue. Sure. So um, another example. Um, so I raised a son. Your son. Mm-hmm. I raised my son Kyle as a single parent. Uh, I did. It's a long story. The short version is I actually didn't know that he was my son until he was five, and oh, wow. he came to live with me full time when he was ten. And it was a really, it was the hardest thing I've ever done Um, just to raise, because we never bonded. We never had the early childhood bonding Mm -hmm. that parents have. And, and, you know, they say that the job of the parent of an adolescent is to create a stable environment for your kid to reject. And I was the perfect target for him to reject. Um, be, and, and that's what he was developmentally doing. So we were, we were going through this weird thing between 10 and 14, where I feel like in retrospect, we were, we were trying to bond at the same time that he was rejecting me in a, in a huge way. And he was a really angry kid and had a lot of, he had a lot of trauma in his first five years when I wasn't around. And, and this anger would come out and he was difficult. And basically, um, so uh, I struggled a lot, and I don't really like to to to, to admit this, but I, I I think it's healthy that I do. But I mean, it was really challenging as a single parent raising a kid like that, and it, especially I felt like I was trying to parent him, but I was still I came out of a really challenging childhood, a lot of dysfunction. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was still trying to parent myself properly. And so there was this, that was another thing. I almost felt like there was this sibling rivalry between my son and my own inner child. Like it was, they were battling for my adult. And so when he, there were, there were just some times where it would, 
I would, he, he would drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not proud to say that there were on two different occasions, I lost control and punched a wall because I just had no idea what to do with my feelings at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and then it was soon after that, that second time I was like, okay, I, I'm, I can't, I don't ever want to do this again. I've got to figure this out. And so I went to, to somebody I knew in the Tarnas community and asked them for a reading of, I never had a, somebody else read my sons and my chart together. And, um, and we looked at it together. And so basically what I found saved my life as a parent. Um, in my son's chart, he has his son, his basic self, his ego identity, his personality, mm-hmm. how he shines. His son is in Sagittarius. It exactly conjunct the planets Saturn and Uranus. Mm-hmm. And so um, Saturn and Uranus are really different. Uh, I won't go into that now, but when they're conjunct, it means they're fused with his personality. His personality is not just his Sagittarius sun, but it also includes Capricorn from the Saturn and it also includes Aquarius from the Uranus. Like you mm-hmm. add, add those in. And it's very, Saturn is all about following the rules. Uranus is all about breaking the rules. Yeah. And he, and he had both those sides. Okay, but the thing that really helped me was those three planets mm-hmm. were at a 90 degree angle to my five planets in the sixth house, which basically 90 degree angle is a square. Mm-hmm. So he had three planets that were squaring five of mine. It's 15 squares. One square in relational astrology can cause tension, but there was this one spot where if we lined up in the wrong way, it's like it would trigger 15 squares all at once. And I looked at that, but there was also lots of great stuff in the chart, like a lot of good things. Yeah. But so when I looked at that, I was like, oh my God, that's the place that drives me insane where I just feel like I lose my capacity to stay in control. So when I knew that, A, the first thing it was like, a huge sigh of relief like oh i'm not the worst parent in the world like <laughs> you know uranus and conjunctions maybe There's, we're not yeah. required yeah and then also it just it made it okay like i'm not going to change that but what i can do is change my how i that i don't allow that to ever take over hijack the show anymore so that honestly that that saved my saved my parenting life yeah there's something on this idea of like knowledge right is power and and like when we have this power of of knowing and understanding then we are we can stay more in touch with our feelings and not because we understand what's happening right it's it's like we are energetical being i think like for me this is the biggest part of our astrology sometimes i look at this sun or moon and I'm like, it's impossible that, you know, I stand next to somebody and I can feel that I, I can feel their energy. And it's impossible that this gigantic thing out there is not relating and influencing us in, uh, in no way. Like it's impossible. Like it's for me just, and it's, and it's happening for a thousand years and thanks God that somebody started trafficking it. Right. Cause now we are here and talking on the yeah. podcast about it thousand years later, well, millions years later. You know, another thing you, you, you brought this up earlier is just this idea of it's been around for thousands of years. Right. Um, I just was, I was reading an article recently that talked about this idea that's speak like how, how the very first time, somebody made a connection that oh when the planet mars is in strong position we fight more often we get more energized like the very first time in the history of humans that they've noticed that you know well then but it's been reinforced and validated for thousands of years like oh well just it's by observation if people ask well how do you even connect these things it's it's by observing the, the cycles of the planets and, yeah. the thing, and one of the things that is profoundly fascinating to me, there's this idea that as we discover new planets out there, it's a reflection that we as humans are opening to something new in our collective psyche down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I could go off on a tangent on that too, but um, I, but it, the passage of time, it, you know, astrology, it, it's an art and a science on 
but it but it is a science. It's been observed for all these thousands of years, especially the the traditional right. models. And there's you know you. But I always tell people you have to assess for yourself. Yeah, you, you got to judge for yourself. Don't listen to me. Listen to but, yourself. Like yeah. Our Alan Watts. <laughs> well, the longer I'm involved in it, honestly, I feel like it gets more incredible every year. And I think that has to do with I get to a deeper place in myself mm -hmm. every year too. Um, yeah. But it, it becomes more of a, it really becomes a journey. You know, when we do the breath work, you asked me this, like I've actually started to think of astrology sessions and, and kind of like a mini, like a breath work session of sorts. Um, yeah. It's about trust and surrender and, and then dropping in. And so for me, there's this magical moment in doing a reading where, where both of us drop in yeah. And suddenly it takes on a magical flavor and new things emerge that I totally am surprised by in, in beautiful ways. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, it's incredible. Like even I, you know, myself, when I started looking at my chart, it just makes so much sense, even this basic, you know, like Gemini as my raising rising and like this whole idea of communication of my I have so much duality in my life you know I'm very spiritual but I'm also very materialistic and like accepting this idea with Gemini of duality was for me gigantic you know like no I'm not just like always nice as kindest sometimes I have this streak of like a beat uh, in me you know and I am a spiritual but I am also a materialistic person I'm you know and and then the idea of communication and Libra uh, you know in my moon and like the idea how drives me nuts when there's like injustice like I'm like boiling inside you know and now I'm like oh my god this is just like my Libra side and then even like Capricorn, like I always climb, I always organize like Saturn, you know, like everything in my life has to be organized. It's just like amazing to have this like understanding, but also a permission to be yourself. I think this is like a beautiful and I'm getting chills. So I think that's important. This permission to be permission to be who you are, you know, not only understanding it, but then like like you said with your with your son there was this like allowance of this relationship be uh, an understanding of it right um and and then you get to the next level with it because you have a different point of view at it uh from the perspective of astrology and an additional understanding so i think that's for me personally that's like the most amazing thing that i'm taking away and i think like as a parent i feel like every single freaking parents should read astrology not in the perspective like you said like oh what's going to happen in the future but understanding like guiding their kids you know like knowing that my uh like my my younger daughter has the health issues in her chart in a in an early age and we are experiencing it as that you know she has communication issues and she has you know problem with speech and it's like just uh just um and there there are certain things that i read also in their chart that are worried me but now as a parent since i know that i know that i'm going to have to address and i'm already addressing it you know and it's just like again it's not like what happened in the future but more uh, more of like traits they may uh they may the lower side we talk about right that they mm -hmm. may um manifest in some way so how to manage that you know what i mean i'm always thinking also at some point i don't know if you are how familiar you are with the astrogeography um but i started reading about that too and for example i have a uh pluto uh is it pluto is it this like neptunian it's pluto right yeah uh, which one pluto is it is pluto neptunian like this like this underworld is that yeah pluto? yeah pluto pluto is the underworld yeah so i have a Pluto running in Warsaw where I was born and this is like this Neptunian like you know underworld you know loving this list being under and like sometimes it means drugs and alcohol you know and that's what happened in some part of my life and in, in the beginning where I was there and like knowing that it was just such a relief and like oh of course it, it was they were my choices but there was also Pluto there <laughs> So it's just like also like a relief on some level. It's not always like 
your fault to the 100%, you know? Sometimes the circumstances of the energy of the planet uh, just create something. It's so true, you know, and you said it earlier, there's a, there's a certain self, there's a it, language, language, knowledge is power in a way. And, and just by being aware of that, it's, I mean, it, it, it helps me be more efficient in how I think about it. Like, like that I, I can make more choices that are more aligned with my soul and its purpose. And like a simple example, when like each different type of planet, planetary archetype, when it transits you, it, it, mm -hmm. it, it means that you, you have to work with a different energy during that time frame. And when Saturn comes around, Saturn is, it's not, it's very straightforward and down to earth. And it's all about the physical world and your responsibilities and your structure. work and your commitments yeah. and your structure. So it doesn't, with Saturn transit, you, you got to face the fact that you, you're better, you're going to have to work hard and get your nose to the grindstone and just, and get, and be prepared to work hard. And if you have a project, it's great, a great time to work on projects that, that you're trying to complete. Um, but then when Pluto comes along, you better prepare yourself to go, I have to go, I call Pluto your basement. Um, we all have a basement where we throw all the shit that we don't want to deal with things that were that we haven't healed from from childhood. Uh, you know, like, oh, yeah, I haven't healed from that yet. But I, I'll go see a therapist when I'm 70. I don't want to deal with it now. You throw it in the basement. Well, Pluto transits, they come in. It's the, the, it's like it's time to go down with the spotlight and clean, do some basement cleaning. Neptune transits they they stimulate connection, spiritual experiences, and intuitive experiences, and they they challenge us to revisit what are our highest ideals in life. Um, but yeah, each planet though it's just when you when you when you understand these cycles, you can you can just learn it's so much easier to go with the flow than instead of fighting it. Yeah, this is this idea. I'm also often thinking about uh, with the, like a present application of astrology. Like if we have this tool and this science that is available to us, like you said, knowing what transits are coming through and like being aware of that, like why not to use it and make your life more in flow and easier and more aware, right? Versus like, you know, walking in the dark and be like oh my god what is happening like you know like why all this stuff it's just like almost makes things um makes it easier this this understanding additional understanding right absolutely i mean that's how it's that's what it's been for me and it's yeah it, and yeah so you said relational astrology is one of your favorite to looking kind of like two people it doesn't have to be couple right it can be even kids it can oh, be yeah. whatever it is kids family business yeah. partnerships any any of those that is so interesting what else what is your what is your favorite part like when you open somebody's chart do you just like broadly look and you're like oh, that's interesting or you just go to specific things and be like i want to check where is venus i want to check where is this i want to check how does it how does it work how do you work well it's 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 a little different depending upon what inspires me to go look but okay. for example i do a lot of coaching calls with people from all over the world around their breathwork process right like you did with me mm -hmm. yeah yes in, in trainees too now in those cases a lot of the time i've probably done over 200 of them in the last few years and for a long time about half of those calls were people saying i can't get out of my head or i'm feeling stuck how do i get back to getting unstuck and i didn't always use astrology but in the cases where i did the, in those cases, I would I would specifically start with looking where their Mercury is, because mm. it, it, the, the the chart tells us a lot about our breathwork process too. That's a whole other topic. Does it? Yeah. And, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, I should tell you the story about how Stan Groff got into astrology initially. Because oh my it, god. Yeah. That's another story, but. So, so if I'm looking in that case, I might look at something specific like Mercury and, and where, where, what, what sign is it in? What's, what aspects, what, what other planets are, is it connected to? Like if there's a Mercury square, the sun, 
then there's going to be a real proclivity to be overactive minds, have an overactive mind that, that you have a harder time letting go of. It means you, that person is, their soul is doing some more work at learning to let go of the thinking mind. Now, now, but in general, if I just open a random chart and somebody's like, hey, can you tell me something about your chart? Then I just, I start with what we call the primal triad. For me, the sun, moon, and rising, that's the skeleton around which everything else has to be built. Mm -hmm. um, those are the three strongest elements of the chart. The sun being your personality, who you are, how you shine. And it's it's who you, your essence. And the moon being what's really going on below the surface, your emotional style. How do you react to the world emotionally before you start to think about it? So the moon tells us so much about what's really going on in the service. The rising sign tells us a lot about your style of expressing yourself with other in other in relationships, your your persona, like how when you first show up, what kind of impressions do you make? It's how do you take this complex inner world and express it in a way that in it into the outer world? It's like this mask you have to wear. And by starting with those three. It's, that's, it starts to set a tone for the rest of the chart. And that's usually where I start. But it's not, but it's also the planets that are aspecting the sun, moon, rising. Like, yeah. in, your, like in your case, I mean, you have got us. Okay. Why are you even, laughing? Now you're scaring me, Glenn. No, no, no. I'm just, it's First just, of all, we don't know, even know if this is my chart fully because as you remember i mentioned to you okay my, my part my dad is deceased unfortunately he would probably remember my mom does not remember when i was born what time that's right okay so we i'm gonna back up yeah but it, it wasn't anything, there was nothing bad i just i was just <laughs> wait i'll share the screen with my chat or you do you have it um i i have it but go ahead and share it um do i know how to share it i don't know if i can uh I don't know if I can share it. Sorry, I don't know how to share it via Zoom. Okay. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, you have it disabled. It looks like. Um, so you'd have to turn on turn it on somehow. Uh, share screen, desktop share. Uh, let me see. Oh yeah, if you if you go to your settings. Oh, I see that. There's a share screen. Mike, because we are, I don't think yeah, so. yeah, we're we, using a video. So just like a one thing that pops up for you. Yeah. Maybe not even from basics, maybe because we well, talked about basics, like my son is in Capricorn and <laughs> it's very me, but I am on the verge of, because I'm January 20th. So I, sometimes I, the people say I'm Aquarius, sometimes people, uh, sometimes I am Capricorn. And I sometimes feel it. And that's that duality of like Gemini too, you know, like this even duality of the sun, even duality being born on, in 79 of like switching the, decade, the, the decades. It's so much of that in my life. It's like a very, very big theme for me, which I like really in the last few years accepted finally and understood mm -hmm. thanks to astrology. But uh, yeah, but the sun in Libra and what else I have? I have a Gemini rising. Yeah, sun's in Capricorn, moon in Libra and Gemini rising. Um, and do you, do you remind me how close you are to knowing? Do we do we know it all the time? Like what time of day? I don't know. They said like a mid afternoon. Like I said, I had like one time meditation. Okay. And and yeah. and, and I heard that that's what I'm using. <laughs> But I think we may be like a two-hour window. Okay. Um, well, I actually have a I have a an option on my. I, I I have a page set up for just to show unknown times, uh, just so I can look at it without, so I can know exactly what's. You see, some things aren't going to change. Yeah. Uh, like the the slow planets, the outer planets, are, they move so slowly. They they don't they don't some of them don't change for four or five years. Um, but okay, so we don't know for certain, but we definitely know for sure that you're a Mars Sun conjunction. Um, what does it mean? So, uh, am I explosive? Well, that's one of the aspects of potential aspects of Mars. Um, Mars is the god of war in, in, in archetypally, um, you know, and so it's, it's the stereotypical male energy. 
you know, Mars and Venus. Mars is all about our actions. And Venus is more about, it's the opposite of Venus. Venus is about our receptivity. It's how we connect and relate to others. Mars is how we go after things. So the moment you make a decision in your head that, okay, I want to go to this training. Yeah. Then, then your style of going after that, of putting your inner world out to the world, that's your Mars. It's your actions. It's your assertiveness, your, um, your drive, your passion all those things and um and so when you have mars conjunctures a conjunction means they were both in the same point in the sky at the moment of your birth mm -hmm. that means that it's like there's a marriage they're fused so your personality your sun you're in capricorn you can actually we could actually safely say that you're capricorn sun but with a strong infusion of aries like your your Capricorn, like in in the Enneagram, they would say like a a sub sub Aries. Like you you could almost read Aries, and it's part of your personality in a lot of ways. Oh, really? With that Mars, yeah. And so that anybody who's Sun Mars, they're going to be like you were talking about your daughter earlier. You, they're going to be more energetic and more assertive and more like the high. Remember, everything has a higher expression and a lower expression. So yes. the high. The gift of Mars, what it's trying, the gift that it's working to bring you is confidence, assertiveness, courage. Wherever Mars falls in your chart, it's you have to learn to lean in to things you're afraid of, to be courageous, to, mm -hmm. um, to, to, to not to hold back, but to speak up, to lean in towards your fears. To, to It's an action energy. It's not a sit back and wait. It's a very like, go after it. Now, that's a potent combination, actually, with the Capricorn, because Capricorn, as you mentioned, is very, it's an earth sign, but it's, it's the final three of the three earth signs. It's like, it, it rules like managerial energy. Capricorns are the go-getters, the doers of the world, the get things done. If I'm hiring, if I've got a, five candidates for a job, I'm going to look, if everything else is equal, I'm always going to look for the ones that have strong Capricorn because I know they're going to follow through in their commitments. Capricorn is all about the, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. I'm going to follow through. And, and they're very aware of their reputation and like, like they have to, they're practical and get things done. Yeah. It's you, so you, funny because I always was saying that if I could only hire somebody like me, like I, that's because of that. Like I, like if I say something, it has to be done. Like, oh my God, I'm going to go like way over and beyond. And I was like, oh my God, I wish like if I will ever have a team, like I wish I have somebody like me to like, because it is that. so, so true. It's yeah. Well, it's, well, but, but it's, it's, but now you can add Mars to the mix because in addition to that, you also have this passion drive energy it's this assertiveness. Mars is more, it's a fire sign, fire energy. Fire is more go like jump in before you start thinking about it. Capricorn is more earth. Capricorn mm -hmm. thoughtful. It, 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 it kind of plans and it's very much a planning energy, like plans ahead, going to do this, this, this to get to there. I need to get there. So I'm going to do that step, that step. And that's Mars is just like, I want to get there. Mm, let's go. It's like, <laughs> I, so you have this combination of, planning meticulous you know like we're going to get it done if i say it's going to get done and then add mars to this makes this passion fire drive willingness to to lead the jump in first before you sometimes that that's actually the interesting part is you know mars can be more headstrong and, and capricorn is not at all headstrong yeah you kind of have this interesting balance between like half like super not headstrong super thoughtful super grounded and super jump right in and, and go oh out. yeah oh my god it's like it's so me like i started some projects and i sometimes can i have to like stop like let's do more planning like i have to do more planning but then i'm like no no no, no let's just do it <laughs> that's so mars fun. that's that's mars and capricorn and <laughs> 
what are yeah. we waiting for yet isn't it fascinating this is just like so i never heard that before i never connected that or read that so thank you for that that's like really amazing and and so so accurate like how accurate is this it's like i can't even express how accurate it is <laughs> yeah and i i'm talking uh, about that understanding the other day i i actually had a breath work session uh, uh with uh, with somebody in poland and and she is scorpio with uh with wait um with moon in aquarius and then she has uh wait and then she has a uh, her raising is in libra i think so and she is just like struggling telling me about like how emotional she is you know and i was like looking at this aquarius right like this emotion this fluidity like right this i actually the emotion is the scorpio it's not the it? oh my god yeah aquarius is an air sign oh really um, I I that I... no people think it's a water sign yeah well the moon is rules your emotional self but if your moon is in scorpio no, her moon is in Aquarius. Okay, well then she's more of a thought, but her her son is Scorpio. Yes. Well, that's a real dichotomy between a personality that's deep, intense. Yes, and that's emotional. Yes. Brooding, um, potentially, and then a, but but there's a much more airy perspective, uh, a humanitarian being true to yourself moon i'm a moon in aquarius i know all about this one it's um, oh yeah it's very it's much more it can it can really step back and in fact a lot of times moon people who are moon in aquarius are, are accused of being not being as emotional as others because oh, really? because they can really kind of step back and see the world from a little bit of a distance emotionally than compared to like when the moon is in water sign which is water's emotional energy the moon rules emotion when it's in its own element that's somebody you know for a fact that they they the, the moon and water signs feel the world more than anybody as deep as anybody else like they feel things intensively but moon yeah, and okay, that's all her too. yeah um tell me one thing let me just ask one one last question because i feel like we are running over and then we can talk when where people can find you and what um how they can get readings etc but uh, so, so they are talking about this like era of aquarius right like are we are we are already in it right or is it starting uh the age of aquarius age of aquarius we're already in it right uh, I, think. I think we're already in it yeah yeah um, is there something like a bigger planetary or like a is is that like an important thing important change to, from your perspective or because that's something that affects all of us right you know, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's not something that I have deeply focused on. Um, I am, I'm actually writing a book about the future of humanity. But, um, but base, but uh, I mean, the, the gist of it is, we're moving into an age, Aquarius is, is much more about seeing all of humanity, mm -hmm. like recognizing that we're part of a whole we're species of called humans and that we're not yeah. like that's more maybe that's more so the the hope is that as we go into the the age of aquarius that over the next hundreds and thousands of years we're gonna be entering this period of of kind of recognizing that as long as we think we're separate we're not going to survive i don't actually i don't think we're gonna survive that long if we don't figure this out sooner than later but um well you are writing a book about our future so we have to survive <laughs> well my the book the title of my book is it's the end of the world as we know it and i feel fine oh got it okay so there's some hope there and there's <laughs> oh there is hope absolutely yeah. but the hope is based on doing our inner work we 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 can we all have to just work on ourselves if, oh my if god that, that's yes. the only that's the only way we can make create change and that's a perfect segue to the part two we are going to record uh, uh glenn which is about breath work because i could not agree with you more 
um, uh, that, you know, the I feel like almost all this technology we have right now, you know, and all these um, things that make our uh, life easy are because of that, because we need to go inward, we need to have time to work on ourselves, you know, and we don't like to do it because there's so much discomfort because it's, I feel like it's the hardest work I ever personally done. It's not that hard, like, you know, like a manual work, like physical, but it's just so intense to go through these layers of self and discover. And sometimes things are not pretty. Sometimes things are really rough, right? But I could not agree more with you that that's the most important thing we have to do to self to work on self because that means you know I'm better when I'm better to me and me I'm better overall I'm better to you and anybody else around me right which is a spread of spreading effect that's the beautiful thing especially when you have kids and you, with your loved ones every little piece that you heal of your own self it it translates instantly into it, it it benefits all the people around you too so it's like we like i always tell pe people that are that have kids you get this amazing bonus that as you do your own work you get to you're doing it for three people or two people or four or whatever so yeah i totally agree that's the only way we can change is by changing ourselves yeah and we are going to talk about it when we talk about breath work your <laughs> other um passion. Other thing that passion and and something that you do which is fascinating and i don't even share it with the world too much yet uh what i'm doing with it and and etc so maybe we can talk then but then i so appreciate it I, we you know that we could probably spend another 45 minutes <laughs> digging into somebody's chart or your chart or just talking about it but just even glimpse of it maybe we will maybe we'll dive in, into one of the subjects or one of the uh uh, uh things we talk about but but for now thank you so much um it was a great great conversation and um i will include all in links to your website and contact you but you do readings for people like you said for relationships anything else we should know when it comes to astrology um, no but i there my my main reading i like it, what i think of as a complete reading is a complete reading of your natal chart and your current transits and um i do work on a sliding scale if cost is prohibitive um yeah but i am very i am quite busy these days so uh i have to schedule out a little bit ahead of time i i do i basically allow myself to do a couple readings a month these days good that's, that's good so but and I, yeah, just I so people more. know the the chart reading and then the progression it means like how how planets affect and where are you currently in your life yeah, and yeah. what's so, what's what's happening now for, exactly the natal chart is your all about you in this lifetime and your highest purpose and challenges and, and the transit reading is like what's happening this year this month what are you what are the things you're going through right now that are that you're kind of dealing with so awesome okay i'll link all those links uh, uh below in the in the notes but thank you again man i'm going you, to stop you, recording you have, that. i actually have two uh, i'll i'll send you my website yeah do you want to just two. say it too in case well the, the um the astrology website is soul-astrology.com just okay, astrology so. with a dash.com my right my full website with breathwork and that is is uh, shiftingparadigms.com Paradigms with a G. I mean, I, I can email it to you if you know. And I will include it too, but it's always good to say because some people are going to have a very good, you know, flash memory. I will stop recording, but please stay on. Thank you again, Glenn. It was such a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Anna. It was my pleasure to be here too. Thanks.